This is Rocky Snyder. At the tone, leave your name and message and I'll get back to you. I'm your host, Rocky Snyder, and this week I've got Rick Olderman on. He is a physical therapist and author of Solving the Pain Puzzle. Hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to another episode of the RockFit Files. And this week I get to invite a colleague who I, I have not met before, but we go along very parallel lines in, in how we look at the body, how the body moves, and so on. His name's Rick Olderman, and he's coming out with a book this spring all about how to address pain or pain mitigation and how we look at movement and the body. So he's a formally, or I would say, uh, and not formally, but he is a licensed physical therapist, but he's gone beyond that scope of learning. And uh, we're going to delve right into it now. So Rick, welcome to the Rockfit Files. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rocky. Looking forward to it. And you're in the Colorado area. In your sure practice, am. that is. And, yeah. and are, do you have a practice yourself at this day? Yeah, I, I uh, sold my clinic back actually last year. So I owned a clinic for about 10 years, a sports and orthopedic clinic. Um, and so uh, you, you might have heard this from others, but the vice just kept closing. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I just felt like I couldn't make it work financially anymore. So uh, I decided to uh, spring out into more, make the world my clinic rather than just that little brick and mortar store. Fantastic. And so, uh, yeah, I have heard that several times before, yeah. and I know several physical therapists just in my region who are done playing the insurance game. And unfortunately they, 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 <laughs> they found other ways. I'll say fortunately they have. Yeah. So tell, give me a little bit of a background of yourself and, and what has been some of the most uh, influential figures or, or thought processes that put you where you are now? Sure. Well, you know, I became a physical therapist and very soon after I graduated, I realized I was a failure and I was a failure at helping anyone with any remotely chronic pain issue. Why? You know, because we are not trained to understand chronic pain. We assume that chronic pain should be treated like acute pain. Physical therapy oh. does really good with acute issues, sprains, strains, post-surgicals, all that kind of stuff. Those principles do not apply to chronic pain issues. And which, uh, you know, is what led me on this journey uh, all these years later. So can, uh, can you give me, sorry, but can you give me a particular example when you realize this? Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, almost like the second week of working as a physical therapist. I mean, you get any kind of chronic back pain, neck pain, headaches, shoulder, knee, foot, if, if the, because the way I, I describe our training in physical therapy is more of a component thinking approach. So we're trained in anatomy, physiology, understand all the nerves and all that kind of stuff. And so when we see a shoulder issue, we hone in on that shoulder issue. We've got a thousand tests to determine exactly which tissue is damaged. We have x-rays and MRIs to, exact, to identify those two, but there are zero tests that tell us why that tissue was damaged. Mm. And so that is the key to solving real chronic pain 
and in my opinion, also acute pain. But you know, it's it's really interesting, Rocky, because in, in as physical therapists, we rely heavily, we lean heavily on the body's natural processes to heal through these acute episodes. And in most cases, everything's just fine. But those same, but we don't uh, really think about those processes in connection with chronic pain. So uh, it's as if those processes have just gone away. Like, oh yeah, in six or eight weeks, your tissues are going to heal and you're going to be up and going. Wait, you still have pain? Well, now what? You know. And so mm. we're not really trained to think beyond that really acute episode. And so uh, yeah, any any chronic pain walked into the clinic. It was like, uh, you know, it was like flipping a coin. Am I going to get better or not? I, I have no idea. And Certainly. Yeah. And so from my experience, also what I have found with, uh, I'll say, your industry's acute centric approach is that once the swelling and, and, and the bruising and the pain subside, everyone is left up to their own and say, go and you're, you're all set now. But What's happened is your compensatory patterns that emerged these, these, since you've been injured have not been magically reset by some button on the wall. So you maintain a shadow of those movement patterns that potentially over the course of time can create chronic issues, right? I mean, isn't that what you found? Absolutely, too? absolutely. Those, those issues may have been the thing that created the acute issue in the first place. And so, yeah, those tissues have healed. You've rested it, you know, you've babied it, you've done all the things, little things that are fine, but you haven't corrected the larger pattern of issues that is feeding that vulnerability in your body. So when you just threw your hands up and said, I'm a failure, I just went through these years and years, and now applying it, I'm not being effective. Where did you go? Where did you turn? What did you do? Yeah, so it wasn't so much throwing my hands up. I, I sunk into a deep depression because I was ready. I mean, I thought this was my calling. Here I am. I'm a failure. What am I going to oh. do now? Right? It was terrible for years. Oh, I'm so moved. sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I really thought this was it for me. This is what I, I should be doing. And I mean, it, it's like anyone, if you find feel that you're in your calling and then you find out that you're terrible at it, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And that's kind of where I was. And eventually, so I, I first worked in a small rural clinic in Colorado. And I was almost like the only physical therapist in town. And I was so ashamed of myself. It was hard for me even to go out in public, go to the grocery store. I, I would try, you know, to hide myself. You know, I didn't want anyone to recognize me and point me out. Oh yeah, this was the guy who couldn't help me, you know. So uh, eventually I moved to Denver and I worked at this uh, prestigious health club downtown and they didn't have a physical therapist on staff. And so I was the first physical therapy in that club and my schedule instantly filled, instantly. And these people were 20s to 60s and they were well off and they were professionals, well-educated, well off, 20s, 60s, primo, primo health insurance. They, and in Denver, where we have all of these elite doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, you name it, for all of these elite athletes in this area, and all these people had fallen through all of those cracks, and that's when I realized, holy crap, maybe it's not just me that's not getting this. It seems to be all of medicine is not really getting chronic issues, and that's yeah. when I really just decided to, you know, well, first of all, it was, well, who am I to think I can figure this out when smarter people than me 
haven't. But what I really realized was it, it's not really due to intelligence, it's due to focus. And so the way we're trained in medicine is that the gold standard of our treatment should be evidence-based practice. Well, research for evidence indicates that we have to isolate issues in the body, isolate components, test something to see what the effect is on that one component. But that works well again for acute issues and small issues, but you can't create a research product for systems thinking. You can't, it's hard to create a research product about the degree of foot pronation and how that might affect SI joint issues, right? There's too many sure. links along the way. So there's no real research there. So, uh, you know, and that, and so because of our training, no one's, no one has really looked in the systems field except for one physical therapist that I knew of. And that was Dr. Shirley Saruman out uh -huh. of Washington University in St. Louis, diagnosis and treatment of movement impairment syndromes. I took all of her courses, read her textbooks several times. And then, uh, you know, that got me to a certain level and people started getting better. And then, as you know, the next level of patient starts knocking on your door. And so uh, her information was helpful, but it wasn't really solving this next level. And that's when I found th uh, Thomas Meyer's information on anatomy trains, which helped me understand fascial components of these systems. And it helped me start looking further away from the sources, from the areas of pain. And then once again, the next patient level knocked on my door and it seemed like there was this battery in people's bodies that were charging them up in these dysfunctional patterns of tension and pain. And that's when I discovered Thomas Myers' work in Hanna Somatics, I'm not Thomas Myers, I'm sorry, Thomas Hanna's work in Hanna Somatics, took their courses. And the interesting thing, Rocky, is that all three, a physical therapist focusing on biomechanics, Thomas Myers focused on fascia, Thomas Hanna, focuses on neurological uh, base tension patterns, all found the same three patterns of issues causing most people's pain. And that's when I finally felt I had come home because I could put it all together. And then my contribution is, you know, how, what we are doing that's causing these three patterns of issues to occur in our bodies. Uh, I gotta, I gotta share where we definitely are brothers from another mother because while you were doing physical therapy, I was in the gym with strength conditioning and personal training. And through the early 90s, I was just loving it and so passionate. And I couldn't believe that I could actually make a career out of living in a gym and counting to 10 and, and picking up heavy things and handing them to people and so on. But instantly, within just a couple of years after getting certified, people were getting hurt. People yeah. were getting coming in with more aches and pains than they had before they began any program. And fortunately, I uh, encountered uh, someone who made sense of it and the fact that it has to do a little bit with their structure and, they, and where their posture is and how you are giving these exercises on these machines at the time that were assuming the body is perfectly balanced and just like the anatomy charts, when in fact these bodies are coming in with imbalances and compensations and they're just further increasing them because they're trying to accomplish these movements with strict patterns. And I just, I thought the same thing. I mean, I just like, I can't, I, I'm hurting the people that I'm trying to help. So like yourself, I started to explore other areas, Tom Myers being one of them, Gary Gray and the Gray Institute oh, yeah. for me and functional movements, Gary mm -hmm. Ward, 
with his flow motion model understanding, gait mechanics. I could go on. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Pete, Pete Igoscu, or actually uh, a fellow that studied under Pete Igoscu and his method about posture restoration, uh, just all these things came about. And of course, Shirley Saruman, she is, I, I would say, she is one of the giants from which many of us stand upon her shoulders yes. with, with others, including Thomas Hanna and Moshe Feldenkrais. Yeah. And, and well, I, the list could go on on yeah. BKS Iyengar when it comes to alignment and yoga. So and I just got to say, it's, it's really refreshing again to speak with somebody who has gone through similar experiences and then you know, you're not standing at the cliff yelling to the masses, but at the same time, you're scratching your head wondering what, why me and, and who am I? And, and why isn't anybody else saying these things? Well, now it's percolating to the surface and, and with yourself and, and others like you. So uh, just from me to you, thank you. Yeah, so well, thank you. So, so tell me though, you mentioned three Oh, um, th three kind of patterns, if you will, that these three between Tom, uh, between Shirley and the and Thomas, what was it that you found? Yeah, so uh, the three patterns are, are these. One uh, is an extension pattern, whereby the, there's too much arch of the low back, or there's too much too many forces trying to pull the back into an arch. Mm -hmm. This is the like this is the most common pattern behind most back and sciatic pain. All right. So the second pattern is the opposite of this. It's a flexion pattern where to the back, the low back is too flat actually. And so, and things are being pulled forward too much. And so uh, that's the second pattern. That's quite rare I'm finding uh, in my experience anyway. And then the third pattern, Dr. Sarman describes it as a rotation problem, uh, but I describe it as a side bending problem. Uh, and Thomas Myers defines it from the side bending pattern as well. He calls it a withdra uh, withdrawal reflex pattern. So, and that's where one side of the pelvis is higher and the same side rib cage is typically lower. Got so those are, those are the three patterns. So you can imagine this is responsible for unilateral back pain, sciatic pain, SI joint issues, so forth. The extension pattern can happen in conjunction with a side bending pattern. The flexion pattern can also happen in conjunction with a side bending pattern as well. So- yeah. Uh, those are the three common patterns. And so what I've been doing is digging out, digging down into figuring out what are we doing that's causing these three patterns to occur? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, so for me, studying gait mechanics, we can overlay that with some, sure. um, some other understanding because everything you mentioned there, uh, for the most part, occurs at some phase in the gait cycle. It's a natural movement that should occur, but the body should be able to exit out of it. Whether it's spinal extension in the lumbars, we should be able to flex and extend, but these individuals are, are almost fixated and exaggerated in each of these. I mean, Vladimir Yanda called it mm -hmm. upper cross, lower cross syndrome. And I think Shirley took it from there and went beyond what Yanda was experiencing. But, uh, and the hiking of the pelvis on one side, there's a moment in time where we're at ultimate pronation, where that toe is down on the ground and we're loading over to that side, getting ready to propel off the other side when we should have that hiked side and lateral flexion toward that hiked hip. It's a naturally occurring thing, but for whatever reason, and you'll probably tell me, is that people are holding these patterns and they don't know how to either go into it 
further and or get out of it. So what do you find the underlying causes being? Yeah, so um, uh, the, the underlying cause, and, and by the way, you mentioned gait, no one got out of our clinic who came in with back, hip, knee, or foot issues without learning how to walk correctly. So <laughs> gait is a central theme. And so this is kind of is the answer to your question. For back and lower body issues, a lot of it boils down to gait pattern, all right? And gait pattern is actually quite simple to, to correct and identify the problem. Usually there's just a couple of big problems going on there and solve most of those and, and these go away. But then the question comes, well, why are there gait patterns? And we always have to keep asking the why. And usually it's because of, and you mentioned this at the top of the show, Rocky, is that unresolved older injuries, genetics, movement habits, sports, work history, all sorts of, uh, of things feed an injury pattern history that then feeds into gait compensations that then breaks down our lower body systems. Yeah, even birthing issues, right, from the get-go. Oh, yeah. I just took a course for uh, uh, postpartum uh, pelvic uh, correction so uh -huh. and identification. So lots of stuff going on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, I'm curious for, for the non-visual audience, those that are listening to the podcast, uh, Rick, you're standing inside your home your home base, your studio, you got the free motion functional trainer over there, but tell me about the, the wheel of color back behind you on your right. What do you use that for? Oh, well, that's a, that's a functional wheel. So uh, you can put that higher or lower on a wall, for instance, at shoulder height. And so folks, for you listening at home, the, the, the circle, it's a circle basically, and it's divided into different colors and it has distances from the center and it also has the angles of all of of the circle uh, built in there. So if you had it at shoulder height and you had someone raise their arm up, you can see quickly what their arm range of motion is. Same thing if you put it on the ground and have them step in the center and reach with one foot in different directions. This is all Gary Gray stuff, right? Yeah. That that you had mentioned earlier. So you get to, you can identify more most specifically the angle and the limitation that people have at that angle and work to correct those things. Got it, got it. But that's not part of what you've, you've put together, yeah. I imagine. Tell me a little bit more about, because you're coming out with a book. What, what's the title, by the way? Yeah, it's called Solving the Pain Puzzle. Solving the from Pain 25 Puzzle. years as a physical therapist. And basically, it's, it's how I've used this approach, this understanding of bringing these three areas of, of research together to understand chronic pain and solve it. And, uh, you know, I have cases from head to toe in there and um, anyway, it, it's a great book because it illustrates what these are. Now, I've written six other books prior to this, and they're called the Fixing You series. They're all available on Amazon, and they are the, they drill down into the specific biomechanics that I'm that I've learned over the years that cause pain. And then in, in those books, I have these little patient stories that say, "Oh yeah, and this person, this is how this worked out in them." But over the years, I've gotten so many comments. Oh, how did that? You know, per, how did Debbie work in that book? I, I identify with Debbie's problem. That was exactly me. And so I realized, oh, what if I flipped this around and wrote about the patients and the clients instead of the biomechanics and taught the biomechanics through the patient stories instead of starting with the biomechanics? Because that's over a lot of people's heads, you know, it seems. So yeah. uh, no matter how simple I try to make it, you know, some people just aren't built to, to get it, right? Uh, but the patient stories, 
everyone can, likes to read about someone's, you know, how they overcame their pain. So that's yeah, they can relate better about. to that, I'm sure. Exactly. So there's a there's a that book is coming out in the spring, and uh, there are three chapters that you can read on my website for free if you want the RickOlderman.com website. Just go to Patient Stories, and you'll see those chapters. And then uh, there's a pre-order form. And my goal, Rocky, is to be the first physical therapist on the New York Times bestsellers list. So, oh, there we go. Yeah. That's so, that's folks. If nice everyone listening goal. can go out and buy a book, please, that would really help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, why the pain puzzle? So why solving the pain puzzle? Yeah. Why solving the pain puzzle? Well, uh, first, I will that's say my career has been. <laughs> um, that's really funny because when people ask me what I do these days, I just say I'm a puzzle master. Yeah. Because that's really what you're talking about. It's like, yeah. you, I, one thing I love, and I'm going to ask you a, a specifically, tell me about why you said the pain puzzle, but um, well, let's go right there. Why, why, why that title? Well, uh, you know, I've always been a Sherlock Holmes fan. And so the introduction in the book is, uh, you know, goes into a, a Sherlock Holmes story and how Sherlock Holmes uh, may or would or would not be a great medical professional. Uh, but Anyway, so it, it just extends naturally that all, all of what we're doing is a puzzle, right? And we haven't put these pieces together. And I, I feel like I've, you know, it's weird for me to say it, but I just feel like I've put a lot of these pieces together and it, it's so much simpler than all of us are making it out to be, Rocky. Uh, if you just understand this, how it works as a system, solving chronic pain can be so simple. And so um, that's what's behind yeah. the title. We only have two options. Like there's only two legs and one spine. There's only yeah. so many ways the body can move. And yeah. if we find the places where we are missing or where we struggle and we re-experience re those or maybe experience them for the first time, amazing things begin to happen. It's so funny you bring up Sherlock Holmes because uh, also a very big fan of Sherlock Holmes. And, and I just love mystery. I love history. Yeah. I, and I think we combine those together when we're working with people Mm -hmm. uh, with, with clients or patients or whatever you'd like to term them, because we want to know what happened before that happened when it comes to yeah. chronic pain, right? Mm -hmm. What led up to this? And now we don't have to know, but the more information, why not the better? And, and then why, you know, why is that hip doing that? And why is that shoulder not playing with the, by the rules? Or why is that big toe not lifting up as much as the other big toe? Mm -hmm. There's a there's a strategy that the subconscious is trying to create to, for success and to understand the why behind it. Oh, man, that's the puzzle right there. That's what yeah. gets me up in the morning. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, really treating people with chronic issues is fun because you get to see their light bulbs go off and they're just like when they start to get it and apply these principles to their lives outside of the clinic or whatever, they're just like you know, it's so exciting to watch them flourish like that. And, you know, over the years, these 10 years, I've trained a lot of physical therapists at my clinic. And, you know, to the person, I, I've created a, a, a practitioner's training program to teach people how to solve and understand pain from this point of view. And if you go to healpatientsfaster.com, you'll see that, that landing page there, and you'll see their testimonials. Every single therapist who I've trained has always said, this is so much simpler than what we're taught in PT school. You know, this is, and that, and that they couldn't believe that chronic pain could be solved so rapidly. They thought 10 years of chronic pain meant at least a year or two to get back. No, 
One session. You know, one session. If, if you just remove the obstacles that are stopping them from functioning well, the body's inner healing mechanisms will take over and, and, and heal and fix, solve pain. It's not me solving pain. It's your body solving pain and it's you fixing your body. That's how it all works. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that when you're working with other physical therapists or just having conversations with physical therapists themselves and, and you're talking about the work that you're doing, um, what, what is that like for those that are traditionally trained and that are still in the, the compartmentalized kind of mindset? Do they just look at you and just say, you're, yeah, I don't know what you've been smoking? Like, what is that like? Uh, frankly, Rocky, I don't even try to, to, to engage with most people. <laughs> Fra and, and this here, here's the reason, here's the reason why. Please. Is, is because, I, you know, I took Dr. Shirley Saruman's courses and over a couple of years, I took all of her courses and I became friends with a PT who was also taking all the courses. And we happened to graduate at the same time through, through these courses. And I came up and said, hey man, how's this going? You know, he says, eh, I said, what are you talking about? This is solving chronic pain. You know, I can't believe the results I'm getting. He's like, he's like, yeah, but I'm a manual therapist. So, you know, I might use it for a home program or something. And that's oh. when I realized that our belief systems are filtering out potential things that could help our patients. And it's not only in medicine, it's not only physical therapists, it's doctors, it's personal trainers, it's yoga instructors, it's lawyers, it's politicians, it's everybody. We all have belief systems that are filtering out things that we don't believe should work. And so it was at that moment that I realized that I needed to write my first series of Fixing You books 15 years ago, because those, I had to do an end around practitioners because people weren't getting this information because their practitioners didn't believe they thought they should solve everything with their hands, right? No, because that's it. You know, then they're just doomed to come back to your, your practice again and again and again. We have to yeah. solve the reason it's happening. And so anyway. And so give the I, people tools that they can use. Exactly. To so to answer your question, I don't, I, I, I'm not silly enough and I don't want to waste my time trying to convince other people what I'm doing. And, you know, if you just do that, if you just, if they don't want to learn, they're not going to learn. And so I can put the practitioner course out there and you know and and have it and then hopefully uh somehow <laughs> i'll get people to, to take it but i can only do that if i can demonstrate the effectiveness of what i do and well and so, conversely like the physical therapists that do take your course i mm -hmm. i can only imagine the number of jaws that drop the light bulb moments that that light yeah. up the room when they finally grasp the, the understanding that the scapula is actually connected to the hamstrings and, yeah. and these mechanics are, are synergistic. And if there's something happening at this area, it has a direct effect with everything. And yeah. pain can manifest in one area without any problem being over there. It's just the brain's way of telling you something isn't working right. Yeah, so my course isn't just for physical therapists. Because oh. frankly, physical therapists are the last people who get to see these people, right? The first people who get to see them are people like you, trainers, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, coaches. Uh, and so if, if all of those you people also understood this thing, 
you would put people like me out of a job. That would be my, my dream is to be out of a job because there's no more chronic pain in the world to solve. And so, but you know, pain, as you know, has everything to do with movement and how you're using your body and tightnesses and weaknesses that, you know, occur because of all of that stuff. So you, you're got, you guys, all of that, you know, that all of you professionals are the first people that people are going to that are looking for answers and you could nip that in the bud, you know, put me yeah. out of business. I would love it. So, <laughs> anyone, no, anyone, I'm trying, I'm doing my best. I know you are. So anyone from coaches to surgeons, I feel that it needs this information. And with the courses, just curious, are you online or is it in person strictly? It's online. So the first, there's two modules. One is an online course to learn the principles, all the exercises, how to evaluate, how to, you know, look at gait, all of that, everything I could possibly put online to learn is there. All the, all the copies of my books, uh, you know, I have hand somatics uh, lessons on there, all sorts of things, all the exercises and so forth. So, and I teach you how to read, how, it's a, I, I've created two exams. So it's funny, you mentioned at the beginning, Rocky, you know, and your, the courses that you were teaching that there's an, a lower body course and an upper body course. That's exactly how I've broken down my two exams. There's uh -huh. a lower body system and there's an upper body system. And so there's two exams. Anyway, uh, so that's what that part is. Now, the, there's also a hands-on module I've created and that involves more of the HANA semantics that I've learned because that needs to be taught. That's a manual application of some principles too. And so uh, that's what I would teach in the second module. But I haven't had enough people take the course yet to, to, to warrant that second module yet, but that's what will be in it. And where are your, where's your vision going in regards to more education? Uh, you mentioned these juggernauts of, of movement and therapy, but are there other avenues that you're exploring right now? Well, like I said uh, earlier, I just took a course in uh, postpartum health uh, because I, that was always kind of like a black box for me is, hey, what happened to that sacrum and pelvis during, you know, uh, birthing? You know, what's going on there? It was a fascinating course. So yeah, there are holes in my knowledge. Uh, and so what I, you know, and I also just took a yoga course for physical therapy, yoga for physical therapy. So oh, nice. I wanted to understand from a physical therapist standpoint, what's going on with yoga. Uh, and so, uh, so that was kind of an inter interesting course. So I'm just kind of looking at all of these things, uh, you know, just wherever I have holes in my knowledge, I've, I'm just trying to patch those up still. Okay, how about giving me a few anecdotal, anecdotal stories with clients, uh, such as that you've written about, um, and, and the ones that kind of stand out in your mind? Yeah, well, what I'd love to do is, is take your, because back pain is the most common type of pain. I'd like yeah. to take your listeners through a test to show them what's at the root of their back pain. Brilliant. And why? Okay. So, and then we can go into stories if they want, but people can go on my website and read stories from my book if they want to. So perfect. Uh, let's go over a little test here. So uh, for those of you with back pain, even if you don't have back pain or you once had back pain and now you don't have back pain anymore, uh, this would be a really interesting test for you to understand. So I'm gonna have everyone lie down on the floor with your legs straight. You can either lie down on the floor. If you can't get on the floor, then go on your bed, go on the couch, just lie down with your legs straight. And if you want to, you can put your hand underneath your low back and feel the space be be you know, between your back and the floor there. 
all right, and feel what that is. Get a sense for how comfortable your back is in this position. And now I'm gonna ask you to bend your knees so your feet are flat on the floor, all right? And we're gonna see what the difference in your comfort for your back is. And if your back comfort hasn't changed, go ahead and hug your knees to your chest if you want to and see which position is better for your back, knees bent or legs straight. 99% of the people out there will say knees bent, right? Okay, so here's the second part of the test. So we, we and hopefully you, you felt that when your legs were straight, your back had more of an arch. And when your knees were bent, your back felt flatter, okay? And so that's a real general idea that you can keep in, in mind. So the second part of this test then is just now stand up and listen for the next five minutes to this podcast. Okay, so you're standing here and listening to Rocky and all of his wisdom talk about everything that he knows. And, and so- uh, I don't think we have five minutes, but let's look at a minute. <laughs> that, that's right, it could be years. So, uh, so anyway, you're standing there listening for a little while. And after about a minute or two, you're gonna notice that your knees are locked backwards and in a straightened position. And if you're, if you're not there yet, because it's only been about 30 seconds, go ahead and lock your knees in this straightened position and feel what your back feels like in this position. Okay, now go ahead and unlock your knees. You don't have to squat, but just slightly unlock them so they're not locked anymore and feel what just happened to your back. Now, if you're not sure what just happened to your back, go ahead and lock them one more time. And you'll notice that when your knees are locked backwards, that your back is more arched. And you also just found that when you're lying on the floor with your legs straight, your back is more arched and you don't like it. Your back doesn't feel as comfortable when it's arched like that. And now you're finding that a normal habit that you have, that of locking your knees when you're standing and likely walking is also causing your back to arch. So if you can imagine that if you take 10,000 steps a day and 10,000 steps are with locked knees, then that's 10,000 little arching hammers that you're hitting your little back, your low back with. And it's one of the causes of your pain. And if you're standing in line at the supermarket, and you shift to one leg and you lock that knee out. Well, that's not so bad, but if you do it over and over again, then you're arching just one side of your back, which then sets up your back for unilateral back pain and issues like that. So this is, this is one simple habit. And I'll, I'll tell you, I can tell you a story about this, Rocky, but uh, if people just unlock their knees for the next three days, they should see probably at least a 50% reduction in their back pain just by unlocking their knees. So it's, it can be that simple, folks. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can relate it to some stuff in my head, but I, it, this is about you and not me. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, I do yeah. think, though, I, I will throw this out, that um, the majority of people have a tendency to overly pronate in their feet, which sets up a chain reaction through their body. And it's somewhere around 85% or more. And the remaining 15% are those that are overly supinating with high rigid arches, which have another chain reaction up the body. So when you're talking about back extension, people extending too much for various reasons, or those that have a posterior tilt to their pelvis and live in flexion, you don't see too many of those. I'm imagining it relates greatly with, with those percentage breakdowns that we're going to see people with more of an anterior tilted pelvis, more extension, shorter hip flexors. Um, and, and the only way to try and kind of get out of it is, is breaking away from the rules and locking out or something of that nature. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's certainly true. And so, you know, the pronation and supination issue 
can also be uh, tied to femoral antiversion and retroversion. And I can mm -hmm. explain that connection if, if you want to see that one too. But uh, basically, you know, a lot of pronation is happening because of poor hip function. Uh, and so the lack of control of the hip relates down to the foot. Same with supination for the for that matter. Yeah, definitely. They feed back and forth, either top down or bottom up, right? Yeah. They just continually so the, have this relationship. So that's, goes both that's ways. one example that was very simple. And mm -hmm. like you say, it is simple. I mean, this is not rocket very science. Very simple. We can, we can go deep into biomechanics and the thousands mm -hmm. of different joint mechanics that we're as humans capable of doing, but really it just boils down to some simple things. How well do you land on the ground? How well do you push off the ground? How does your body respond to, to movement? Yeah. And that's what I hear you saying. Yeah, that's exactly it. But it, it, you have to understand the reasons. So, uh, and this is what, a lot of approaches to solving this are kind of throwing things against the wall and so and seeing what sticks, right? Sure. And so yeah. I, I prefer to be very specific. Uh, I, I listened to you in one of your videos about people coming in with a huge book full of exercises. I think it was the rotator cuff video. Uh -huh. That's true. I would get these kind of patients too. Millions of exercises. Well, I, I, how long does it take you to do? Well, you know, I'll do half of them in the morning for about an hour or so. And then the other, just like, uh, throw it out, man. Cause mm -hmm. if those are working, you wouldn't be coming to me. So it can be, so I prefer to be more specific about what's going on. And that's what my exams have done is, is drill down more complex biomechanics to a simple test to understand if that's at the root of someone's pain or not. Certainly so, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And the most effective means are those that simplify it and make it understandable and digestible. At least that's what I've found. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I describe a, a, a cause, a, a common cause of neck pain and headaches for your other listeners out there? Yes, yeah, oh, without a doubt. Okay, so this is the other misunderstood cause of neck pain and headaches is that the problem is with your neck or your head. And so <laughs> just like everywhere else with the body, it's really due to something further away. So what's going on, if we look at the architecture of the body, uh, those of you who are just listening, Google skeleton of the body, and you'll see that most of our bones are these long bones. But there's two places on the body that have flat bones. One is the pelvis. And the pelvis, we all know, is the center of function for our lower body system and our low back. The other is our scapula. That's the center of function for our upper body system, neck and head. There are rules about how the scapula should be resting and moving. And so when those rules are broken, uh, pain starts to happen. But why would the scapula dysfunction or shoulder blade dysfunction cause neck pain and headaches? Well, there are these really big muscles that attach to the shoulder blade that help control it. And so when those muscles aren't doing their job, usually, and this is the way it works throughout the body, when the big muscles don't do their job well, the little muscles deeper to it have to take up the slack and that's where you often get pain. So in the case of neck pain and headaches, one of the smaller muscles is called the levator scapula, which starts at the corner of the shoulder blade inserts into cervical level one, two, three, and four. And so it, its job is just what it says, levator scapula, it's supposed to elevate the, the shoulder blade. And so when, we, and when our shoulder blade is not resting or moving correctly, then uh, excessive work is delivered to that levator scapula. Well, then what happens is that levator scapula starts tugging on the cervical bones. It can cause side bending, 
extension, flexion, rotation, all sorts of problems happening there, arthritic changes, disc changes, and so forth. It will also cause headaches in the head as well. Um, and I, I believe it's also related to trigeminal neuralgia. So uh, anyway, this is the most common cause and I can show everyone a real easy test to see if this is the cause of their neck pain and headaches, if, if you wanna go through it. It's Let's really do simple. it, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the most common fault with the shoulder blade system is that it's resting too low. And there are many reasons for that and we can go in, into those reasons if you want to, but here's the real test to see whether this is really behind yours. And to be honest, in the last 20 years, I haven't seen one patient with chronic neck pain or headaches that this has not been the cause of their problem. So, the, so if you're the person with pain, what you're gonna do is you're gonna turn your head left, turn it right, look up, look down, and get a sense for your range of motion and pain restrictions, okay? Then you're gonna get a, a friend to come up behind you, and what they're gonna do is they're gonna put their hands inside underneath your armpits, and they're gonna lift up your shoulder blades for about a half inch, maybe an inch, and they're gonna slowly jiggle that around a little bit to make sure that you're completely relaxing your shoulder blades onto their hands, okay? So you're gonna stay there for maybe 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and then what you're gonna do is you're gonna rotate your head again. Left, right, look up, look down, and see if your range of motion has improved and your pain has decreased. If it has, it's telling us that the stress of your shoulder blade on your neck is the cause of your neck pain and headaches. If it changes it in 30 seconds, think of what that change would be if you changed it for a day or a week or the rest of your life. So that 30 seconds to a minute is usually enough for us to see whether this is the problem and almost guarantee that if you have neck pain or headaches, it is because almost no one who has had neck pain or headaches has anyone looked at their shoulder blade system as the cause of their pain. So there's a subset of patients out there who are in so much pain that they're super tense or they're the, the, the type A person really, you know, go get them or anxious or things like that. And so they have a difficult time letting them, letting their shoulders completely relax on these hands. So for those people, what we would do then, and so they'll do this test and they'll say, I don't feel any difference. Well, then you remove your hands from the shoulder blades, let their arms come back down. Once they receive the full weight of their upper body system on their neck again, then they feel what you had done to them when their shoulder blades were up, but weren't aware of it at that point. Mm -hmm. So I call it the armpit test because we have uh, so many tests in medicine that are really complicated, serious sounding names. And this kind of tells exactly what it is. And it's very quick and easy to do and fairly definitive. I love it. I truly do. Uh, and you'll get no argument from me. The scaps are basically the pelvis of the upper body. Sure I mean, are. Like you say, they're the flat bones. And yeah. the amazing thing is that we've got structures that are repeating themselves throughout our body. And, and, those, and there's a reason why they're shaped the way they are, because they, they have a certain role to play. And when they don't play the role they were designed to, then things happen that probably aren't as favorable, like mm -hmm. neck pain and headache. So I, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a shot. I would love that. Yeah. Next Thank time, just, just try it out and email me. Rocky, and let me know whether that has whether that was a positive test for your next neck pain and headaches person. Fantastic. Now, do you still work with patients? Well, I'm under a non-compete clause restriction right now because I sold my clinic last year. So I can do telehealth, uh, but I can't do physical in-person uh, visits. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to pursue that and get your professional guidance, how could they do that? 
if they go to rickolderman.com, you'll see a, a place to sign up for a, a telehealth visit with me. Uh, however, uh, I've created these downloadable home programs and uh, they are designed to solve almost all chronic pain from head to toe in the body. And uh, these are based on, so what I learned when I wrote my books, my original six books uh, 15 years ago or longer, um, I, I was trying to solve every possible thing that could go wrong with every possible person. And then through owning my clinic, through the sheer volume of patients that I've seen over the last 10 years, I've realized that the same patterns of issues are just manifesting as pain in, in different places in different people. And so what I've done is I've created these downloadable home programs that address these patterns of issues that are causing almost everyone's pain. And so you don't need, like in my back pain book, I literally think I have maybe 80 exercises in there. And you know, that's ridiculous. It shouldn't take 80 <laughs> different exercises to fix back pain, right? So in my home program, it's, I think, down to seven or something like that. But anyway, uh, so my downloadable home programs were made so you don't need to see people like me. And so I would encourage you. And frankly, every telehealth visit I've had, I give them the same exercises that are already in my home program. It's, so save your money. Just get the home program. They're very affordable. And if you type in fixing you, all one word, F-I-X-I-N-G-Y-O-U, in the coupon code, you can get 20% off of anything yeah. that you buy. So I'll make sure we put that in the description below. Sure. Rick, this, this has been wonderful. I, I always love talking shop, especially to those that have a, a good understanding of, of, of the body movements and that are curious like yourself. And that don't forget this, the, the one power, the, the most powerful word is why. And that's yes. what I've found. If we yeah. don't continually ask why, then we're really not learning. We're not getting to the nuts and bolts of, of where we're trying to get to. So thank you so much. I, I, can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Well, my pleasure. And uh, I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface. So if ever, you ever want to go deeper, I'm happy. I definitely will. How about this? When that book emerges on the shelves, we'll have you back and we'll talk even greater details. Sounds great. Sounds great. Thanks, Rock. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Rockfit Files. I want to thank Rick for coming on and sharing all that information about chronic pain mitigation. Follow us on Instagram. In the meantime, at Rocky underscore Snyder, click the subscribe button, and we'll get you listening to the next episode real soon.